Good morning. It's Thursday, August 22nd, and you are listening to the College Football Daily, dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news, all within 15 minutes or fewer. I'm Connor Tapp. Former Michigan defensive back Miles Sims joined ex-teammate James Hudson in voicing complaints through the media over the past two weeks about the level of support they received from the Wolverines during their transfer waiver appeals process. The players, now transferred to Cincinnati and Georgia Tech, were denied waivers by the NCAA that would have allowed them to play in 2019 and have accused Michigan of mischaracterizing their reasons for transferring or omitting critical details. In an Atlanta Journal-Constitution report published Tuesday, Miles Sims' family says Miles told the Michigan coaching staff that he was transferring for personal reasons. In the waiver appeal process, Michigan said they believed his reason for transferring was lack of playing time. James Hudson's mother told The Athletic he transferred from Michigan to Cincinnati because of depression and complained of a lack of support from Michigan during the appeals process. And you can just kind of feel the story getting close to reaching a point where it becomes a national firestorm on the order of Dabo Sweeney saying Kelly Bryant shouldn't get a national championship ring hey steve hey connor what's up man not too much how you doing good Can you hear so me right? before things yeah. get to that point i wanted to call up steve lorenz who covers michigan for us here at 24 7 sports so i could make sure we were getting the whole story i know like with when when players do initially decide to transfer a lot of times it's guys like you um who are, who are on the beat and covering the team every day, who like break those stories that they're transferring or thinking about transferring. I, I wonder if there's anything you recall or know or can infer from the circumstances surrounding when James Hudson and Miles Sims uh, were first entering the portal, thinking about transferring, that uh, any anything that you knew from that time that you don't see reflected in recent reporting on their waiver appeals? Yeah, so with James Hudson, uh, he made his decision to transfer less than a week after Michigan inserted Andrew Stuber into the game against Michigan State and not him. Uh, You know, there was a battle there at right tackle where they were both playing. Hudson had been battling a minor hand injury as well, hadn't taken as many reps the last couple weeks in practice, and uh, the battle was close enough anyway. I think they felt more comfortable putting Stuber into the game. So that's the thing, you know, uh, with that one specifically, that's always kind of the one that sticks out to me is uh, his decision to leave the program was made almost immediately after they decided to kind of go in a different direction at right tackle uh, to spell Juwan Bushel Beatty last year. So uh, with Miles Sims, really kind of a similar deal where he wasn't making a dent on, in the depth chart uh, after spring ball. And, you know, I, I think it's, I, I just, I feel like both of these, honestly, and not to diminish anything that Hudson's spoken about as far as his reasoning goes. But I've always, you know, my sense in the immediate aftermath of both of those decisions was that they were depth chart based decisions where you had players who maybe thought they could find an easier time or an easier path to playing time somewhere else. Even with the Miles Sims, the Atlanta journal constitution did the article about his departure and his last car, his conversation with Harbaugh about leaving said that his reasons for leaving, it was just personal reasons. I mean, that's, that's so vague, and the parents right. let it let it be at that. You have to read that article. I, there's more to it than that, but uh, it's just like Michigan. I, I, the sense I get is that Michigan is not going to go to bat for a kid if it, it, like they're not they're under no circuit under no uh, feeling that they don't have to go to bat for these kids if they don't want to. If their reasoning is just depth chart related, Michigan's not going to 
get that. Do you understand what I'm yeah. saying? So Later on in our conversation, Steve points out that there are instances of Michigan players transferring and obtaining waivers to play immediately. Right. I mean, you know, with Michigan, I know, you know, like, here's the thing is like Drew Singleton, linebacker now playing for Rutgers. He had no problem getting immediate eligibility after leaving Michigan. I mean, that's another program in their division. Uh, you know, basically a similar, similar situation there where I think he was buried on the depth chart that wanted an easier path to playing time, decided to transfer out, got eligibility right, right away. I mean, the thing to me about this whole thing is, you know, it's more about the NCAA's inconsistent decision-making than it is taking one program like Michigan and, and saying that uh, there's a problem as far as a coach not maybe going above and beyond to help kids, you know, maybe get that immediate eligibility. I mean, you know, Tom Mars, who helped get Shea Patterson immediate eligibility and got Justin Fields immediate eligibility this year at Ohio State, you know, with the Hudson case said specifically that there's nothing else Michigan could have done. You know, and, and it, it does. It's just that both parties are kind of with one hand tied behind their back, right? Because Harbaugh can't fully comment on what the situation really is. And, and neither, you know, with us, it's, it is difficult to report all of the facts, uh, you know, in that regard as far as we only know, like you said, what they're saying publicly. is pri- The private stuff's going to stay private, especially when you get HIPAA and all that kind of stuff involved. Yeah. You know, and I'd only say this, like Harbaugh, I tweeted this after the uh, – Sims article came out today. To my knowledge, he's still the only major coach that's come out and said that he's in favor of a one-time, basically get out of jail free card for transfer. Uh, I, Michigan's not hurting because these guys left the program. You know what I mean? It's not as if there's a, a bitter vendetta against certain players. Who Looming over all of this is the specter of Aubrey Solomon and his still pending transfer waiver application. Solomon is a former five-star defensive lineman and Michigan player who is now at Tennessee. Even with Solomon, who actually doesn't qualify as far as the never going to see the field. I mean, they're, they're, now he's a guy that would have played for Michigan this year. I mean, to deny that would be ridiculous. Uh, I think their interior up front of their defensive line is one of their biggest question marks this year. But not a situation where, to our knowledge, was Michigan at all unsupportive of him making the decision to leave the program, right? Uh, I don't, again, and, and with Michigan going to Tennessee, you know, I just don't see where Michigan would be picky and choosy. If there was one where they would be picky and choosy, it would have been this one. But like I said, when he left, to our knowledge, it was not on bad terms. His is a different, I would say this, you talk about depth chart. His reason for departure is, would be a, is a different situation than what those guys went through. Uh, there were some other things there. I, if, just as a, from a, let's just say an overhead standpoint, my suspicion is that his case for immediate eligibility would be better than what the other two guys were. Mm. We talk about Sims and um, Hudson. I think Solomon's case is potentially stronger for immediate eligibility wouldn't get into the specifics of that, but I could say that there's a, there's some differences in that situation compared to what those guys were, were going through and stuff. So I'll be interested to see what the, what the decision is with that one. I've been kind of waiting to see it uh, and see what happens, but yeah, I mean, that's one of the things you cover Michigan. We're kind of used to, you know, whatever Harbaugh says and does is going to create, you know, some kind of reaction. And, and yeah, for a guy like Solomon, who probably I'm assuming would, would be a, guy who'd be playing a lot for Tennessee this year. If he was going to play for Michigan, he's probably going to play for Tennessee. Then, yeah, if he's denied, then I assume there will be some kind of backlash or irrational response to 
you know, whatever's whatever is said and done. Speaking of Harbaugh and his penchant for inviting controversy, John U. Bacon has another Michigan-themed book coming out. This one is called Overtime, Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines at the Crossroads of College Football. An excerpt from the book is featured on Forbes.com in which Harbaugh, while discussing SEC and recruiting, says, quote, it's hard to beat the cheaters. Elsewhere in the world of college football, Vandarius Cowan, a linebacker at West Virginia, having transferred from the University of Alabama, is suspended for the first four games of the Mountaineers' regular season. A source told Mike Kazaza of Earsports.com that the linebacker has dealing with NCAA eligibility issues and will not play in games against James Madison, Missouri, and North Carolina State and Kansas in their first game of Big 12 play. The first game he's eligible to return would be October 5th against Texas. One other thing I want to let you know about is that at 11.30 a.m. Central, 12.30 p.m. Eastern, the 24-7 Sports College Football Show returns. It's a video show with myself, Trey Scott, Barton Simmons, and Josh Ayler. And you can find that over on YouTube.com forward slash 24-7 Sports. That's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend to check us out. And then if you're really dedicated to the cause, tell an enemy to check us out. I'm Connor Tapp, and we'll see you bright and early on Friday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. Daily.